The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Absent Minded. It is me, Patrick Bexel. It is the best Sunday of the year. It's Ronde van Flanderen Sunday. And most of you know that I'm a cycling aficionado. So this is one of the best races. And the second best race, or maybe the tied first race, is next year, next week with Harry Roubaix. It's also one of the best Sundays of the year because I'm joined by my good friend, Thomas Roos from Central Scouting. And uh, Thomas, it's good to see you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for inviting me for this uh, talk. I'm uh, excited. I'm sure we'll get a few more talks before the draft comes up in, in June. Or, yeah, it's June or July. Yeah. Um, and today we're talking about one of the prospects that are on the rise in more or less all rankings uh, on the board. And it's uh, David Reinbacher from Clotten in the NLA. And the NLA, for people that don't know, is the National League A in Switzerland. Even if he's Austrian, he plays in Switzerland. Um, first and foremost, Thomas, what can you give us as a general idea about David Reinbacher? <clears throat> well, he's a very, a pretty well-rounded defenseman. He has pretty good size. Uh, long stick, but his calling card, maybe his main strength is his composure and his low stress level. He's never in stress. And he has great patience also. This is maybe his best, uh, what I can tell you about him. But all the other things who are mainly strengths and uh, not the, not a lot of weaknesses. All the other things are on a good level, but maybe not on a high-end level. For example, he's pretty good in defending attackers of the rush and also not shy to play uh, the body. I like uh, very much his stick work without the puck. He has decent speed, but not high-end speed. And mobility, agility is also good, but not great. And passing is decent. Skills are decent. When he has the puck yeah he tends to shoot the puck and his shots are mainly on the net and this is a very important quality of a defenseman in modern hockey to bring the pucks to the net and he is pretty good in this indeed he is and and it's one thing that stands out really um getting those pucks through and on the net for rebounds and uh I think that's one of the goals, at least, that has been uh, that way, in, or points that has been in that way in, in, in the playoffs as well, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. So, I think, uh, yeah, what, what did I notice, what is maybe not so good? Sometimes he, he watches a little bit too much the puck and not the 
the forwards or the opponents. Sometimes you know, he has to definitely improve. If I talk NHL, uh, his work along the walls and in the corners. But he's not really weak there. But uh, he's okay and then uh, still uh, room to improve in, in this aspect. Overall, an interesting prospect who does a lot of things well. Not There is not really one instrument, one tool who is maybe high-end or very, very well. Maybe except except his composure. You, you mentioned the fact that he's maybe puck-watching a little bit or or uh, or, or calm, uh, ex- exudes a, a calm presence. And I've also seen a little bit of it, and sometimes it always looks like he's uninterested. He, he yeah, takes it... He that's takes his composure, that's, yeah. that's his patience, that's his, his personality. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it looks sometimes exactly that he's uh, not interested, but, but mm-hmm. this is, of course, not true. It's just uh, his personality, and uh, mm-hmm. of course he cares. But maybe there is a little bit critic in this sentence, and uh, I could agree to this sometimes. Uh if I'm talking about NHL level and about the speed of the mm. game, he needs to improve maybe a little bit his urgency, his aggressiveness, his intensity, and his energy, uh, put his energy level a bit up. This could be, but in, in most situations, his composure, his patience is an advantage. But in some other actions, it's a disadvantage. I'm thinking, um, and and you have to tell me here, uh, but we always hear this about the big eyes in Europe, and and I don't remember because I think you have different ice sizes in in Switzerland as well. Some are playing on NHL rinks, and some are playing yeah. on 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 Olympic size rinks. Yeah, and and maybe that is because I've seen when I've seen it, the rink has looks wider, and then you don't want to get caught out of position, and maybe that's why he might look. He he's playing it safe because he is really a defensive first defenseman, right? Uh, he was a defensive first defenseman, 110%, until this season. In this season, he developed a second uh, dimension in his game. He became a really good uh, two-way defenseman. He added some offense to it. And his offense is also doesn't look spectacular. He's, if he has the puck, he tries to shoot the puck to the net. He doesn't make fancy things. Uh, but this second dimension really he added to his game, and that's why he did move up in in the rankings. I think for for me before this season he was uh, a second rounder, and uh, throughout the season he he did improve, and now for me he is uh, a second half first rounder. But I know a lot of scouts or some scouts who have him eight to fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you mentioned. If the fact that Clawton was playing NLB last year and they earned promotion, what, was it obviously it was a defensive first defenseman because he was 17 at the time yeah. play, playing in, in, in the pro league. But also, did that keep him under wraps a little bit that, that people didn't realize what was going on there? Absolutely also. I think both of it. He, I, I definitely I did watch him uh, season in the league B. And he definitely was a defense first. He he tried to do just high percentage hockey all the time. And then, of course, uh, if you judge him and you 
tell about second division Switzerland, there is a little bit doubt. How good is the? How, how can he translate this uh, to higher level uh, hockey? These were some question marks, and I can understand this. I also didn't really know uh, how good he was, and but he he probably was not as good uh, one year ago. I really think he did make a huge step this season. How much has Jeff Tomlinson been part of that development? Uh, it's very the coach of Clotten for people very, that don't know yeah, about it. <laughs> yeah, yes, he was the coach of Clotten and uh, very successful actually. Um, I don't know. This is always the big question: if a player succeeds or a player fails, what is the responsibility of the coach? Personally, I think the main responsibility and the main reason is always the player by himself. But Tomlinson is a so-called players coach. At least on a personal level, he finds the uh, yeah the way how to talk with people. Uh, players like him, and I think in modern hockey, you need to be a players coach. The, the young generation they want to have reasons for what they have to do. They want to talk with with, with their coach. Some coaches even are that progressive already that they tell, I learn from the players, not just the players learn from me. And, and I think he, he was some sort of uh, such a coach, not a, not a highly academic uh, science coach with uh, 10 laptops around the corner, uh, maybe more a pragmatic coach with high level of um, personal um, uh, so-called so social intelligence. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned, uh, or, or if we go through this year, that has been a revelation really uh, for Reinbach. Um, the, the, the one blip really, the negative blip, is the World Juniors. Uh, he played for a really bad Austrian team, let's be honest about that. Uh, but how bad was he in regards to it? Because Obviously, for North American listeners, this is their time where they see a European prospect. This is very difficult for him because he really played in a in a team that was one level be below all the others. And in such a situation to shine and to to make an impression to the to the scouts, I think this is very very uh, tricky, very difficult. I wouldn't give too much on this, but you're right. This is the the time when most uh, watch him. On the other hand, in Cloten, there were tons of scouts this season who did come to a lot of games in Cloten and watch him in the Swiss League, in the, in the national national league, in our top league. So, I don't think this affected too much, and, and I think you have to be very careful with judging him from the World Juniors. Why would you go to Clotten? Why wouldn't you go to see Clotten play Davos with this arguably one of the nicest hockey arenas in the world? Uh, in Davos? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a cathedral. Yeah. It's a cathedral. Yeah. It's really very nice, the architecture, the wood, it fits perfect, mm. the mountain area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, so uh, this is also a place where, <laughs> uh, especially in the summer, Sometimes you have an under-18 tournament yeah. and a lot of scouts from overseas even uh, 
come there and then spend some some nice days up in the woods. Yeah, there, there you have it, guys. It's a pilgrimage for all hockey players. You go to the Cathedral of Hockey in Davos. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But um, to, back to Reinbacher. He's an early birthday. He he's in born in October. Um, so an early birthday for for the draft, obviously. Uh, he's six yeah. foot two, about one hundred ninety pounds. Um, what one thing that's that I haven't really gotten an answer for when I watched and I went done a read up on on him from a few different sites and spoken to some of my colleagues is how good of a hockey IQ has he? I think he has a good hockey IQ. As I told before, yeah. if I think about this, it's also not that you tell, "Wow, this is one of this is the best or top five in this draft." Mm-hmm year in terms of hockey IQ but I think he has a good hockey IQ and what I really like and what I know also from off the ice because he also makes an education mm-hmm. off the ice he is a keen learner and he has a very good ability to learn and uh, the the learning curve if this is steep mm-hmm. and he showed this also in this season on the ice this uh, is an indication of a high hockey IQ or at least of a high ability to learn. And if you have a high ability to learn, this is very, very important in my experience as a scout to uh, try to find out about uh, a prospect. So there are two things with this. Um, first and foremost, and uh, how do you see his development to, to have gone from a average defender if, if we say it that way to yeah. a very good defender yeah. and and the next step with this hockey iq you mentioned and the keen learning on and off the ice as you mentioned how will that impact what can you see him do next year well what he will do next year i don't know i i don't see him in the nhl next year and uh i could imagine that whatever franchise will draft him that they might leave him to develop maybe one more year mm-hmm. in Cloton. But maybe they also tell, come over. We, you have to adapt to the North American style. I actually don't know. I just, if you ask me what will be next year, I don't think he will play right away in the NHL. He is, uh, do do you see his progress continuing this trajectory or do you see it stagnating a little bit or do you see the potential that he can go even further take another big step forward as he has done this year yeah that's difficult to to predict if uh, the past 12 months are an indication he has a very steep learning curve even if i look back to the last 24 months he has a very steep learning curve but it's uh, not common that this goes on always linear uh, uh, like this, sometimes you have a stagnation. I could imagine because he really was such an important uh, defenseman. He was most of the time he already the best defenseman in in, in Cloton this season. That I I wouldn't be surprised if he wouldn't make huge steps next season. He has to consolidate this high level what he played this season. Made some make some small steps in in small areas. What I did mention, maybe, and then everybody can be happy. I I don't see it can go on like this always. It would be uh, Norris Trophy winner in, in so years. Uh, we know he he signed an extension with Clothen, uh in twenty twenty two, 
I have no idea if that is a one-year extension, if it's a two-year extension, because that bother that that brings forward the other uh, thing that you touched on, where he will play next year. Uh, yeah. Because if he if it's an extension, he can either go to uh, the AHL or, or the NHL because he's going to be drafted in the first round most likely, um, or, or stay in in Clothen. But it leaves out the possibility maybe to move him to another league because the NLA has not really been a development league. Yeah, uh, Austin Matthews was more or less finished when he was playing there. <laughs> True. But that's true. He will, if he doesn't uh, play in North America, he will play uh, in in Clothen. He has an escape clause for for North America. Yeah. And but if the franchise would think his best development would be in the Swedish league or Finnish league, mm-hmm. for example, I don't think this is going to happen. Um, you also have, or Clothen has a new coach. It's Gary Fleming. Um, that might also. Uh, solidify his 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 position in Clawton when drafted because there is a North American coach, uh, English will be spoken, etc. etc. And a little bit like we saw with with last year with Slavkovsky living alone already, having matured in that regard, it raises the 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 potential of a player probably um, in teams when teams look at it because they are more mature, they have learned to take care of themselves. And you mentioned also the off ice. Uh, schooling or, or scholarship uh, learning. Definitely, yes. I also think this is uh, can be a, a small advantage because of the English uh, uh, language. I don't know this coach, to be honest. Mm. I can't tell this will be good for Reinbacher or not good for Reinbacher. But uh, yeah, let's let's uh, let's hope for the good and that he is a Canadian guy or North American guy. Mm. Uh, definitely is not the disadvantage in terms of uh, language, in terms of uh, transmitting the culture and whatever he will uh, expect when he when he moves overseas. And also, we we have to mention this: the NLA is the, maybe the most big league that is is more close to the NHL or, or North American style of hockey in Europe, because the Finnish league and Swedish league are much more structured in ways and. It's have true. their own um, their own way of playing hockey. That's true. The Swiss league is really different to to uh, KHL and to to Scandinavian league, yeah. Finnish and Swedish league. It's it's up and down. It's very high speed. It's uh, fire wagon hockey. It's uh, high, highly entertaining, mm-hmm. but not structured at all. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's entertaining. Yeah, and uh, run and gun hockey. Mm-hmm. I call it. And the, and the positive thing is also another thing that is positive with the NLA and Switzerland in general is that the teams are very close. You will sleep in your own bed more or less sure. every night. Yes, uh, which gives you a chance to to build up maybe more muscles throughout the season yeah. and and more strength and and work. Uh, you you actually practice quite hard during the season as well in yeah. order to develop and and be ready for the playoffs. Um, I have. Uh, two th- a couple of questions here to finish it off. First and foremost, um, how big of an impact will his performance in the World Championships be in regards to the draft? 
Uh, I think most of the scouts have a clear opinion mm. about him. And there is, again, this uh, little bit disadvantage that this Austrian team might be maybe not so competitive if they play versus the best, uh, mm. best countries. And this might be very difficult for him to shine. On the other hand, it's, I think it's better than the under-20 world championship and of course they will watch they will follow him and of course it's important how he competes and how he performs definitely but i think 90 percent of the opinion is already uh, made indeed um i have a question two more questions and now it will be you will have to um to or a couple more it's three actually um, you will have to answer them as you see fit. Do you think David Reinbacher will go top 10? Uh, no. No? I can think. I think, I told you, in, in my books, he's second half first rounder. Mm. And I know a lot of other some scouts who have him between 9 and 15. So it's I did was a little bit hesitating. <laughs> I think he will go 12, 13, something like this. I guess. But of course, I, I don't know. This is no, 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 no. No one knows until it happens. <laughs> I think I also did think about, in, in my opinion, whether you draft number 9 or number 45, hmm. historically seen, it's not a big difference. So that's why I don't think that I'm far away from most scouts who have him a little bit mm -hmm. higher than, than me, because I think the big difference is whether you draft in the top five, top six, mm -hmm. usually. And after that is, is a gap. I don't think that the, a late first round draft pick is nearly as valuable as a top five mm -hmm. draft pick. And I think a second round draft pick is nearly as valuable as a second half first round. That's why, and, and this is exactly the, the range where I expect that I, I think to know about other scouts, they have him between 9 and 35 somewhere. Um, will he be the first defender going, going in the draft, or will that be someone else? It is a very forward-heavy draft. The longer <laughs> it takes, I could imagine he can be the first. I probably would take the Russian first. The, All right. Google I think the Russians are underrated now because of the Russian factor. Mm. Uh, this might hinder. Uh, yeah, I think you, uh, you can go first, but it's a forwards draft. Mm. This doesn't mean he will go top five or so. Um, you mentioned the Russian Yakolev, right? Uh, but also there is a Swedish defender that might not be a defender, it's Axel Sandin Pelika. Um, if you choose yeah. between Pelika, which has a very high ceiling, but maybe a little bit lower roof uh, or floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will take Reinbacher that, that I will take him before Reinbacher. You will take Sandin Pelika before Reinbacher. Yes, because I think in the first round you have to go all in. You have to try to find a world class high end player and not a solid clear NHL player. It's not enough. This is the target and in the second round or a second half of first round. And I definitely also would go always for the uh, for the best player available and not for 
positioning in the, in the beginning, in the maybe top 20, because every every big UF is an asset also for trades. And so, um, I asked you this before, so you were prepared for this question at least. <laughs> um, yeah. Montreal has a very well stacked defensive line right now, especially with young ones, uh, Gouli, Struble, um, uh, Shekai. Yeah, we, we can mention them. We got Hudson and, and yeah, Engstrom yeah, not even yeah. in the team. Yeah. We got Mayu as well. Um, would you take a defender? Would you take Reinbacher as the GM for Montreal? Because now you're a GM for Montreal in, in about a minute or two. Uh, no. I think Montreal... Uh, I, I told you I would take best player available. And, yeah. and Montreal is on the clock and... Uh, yeah, but we have two clocks. We have... We have the Florida pick as well, which is going to be somewhere around 15 to 20. Yeah, for 15 to 20, I would think this is realistically. That, and there, there I would consider him. Yeah. Absolutely. With the, with the first pick who will be probably top five. seven, something, top five even. Yeah. It's, it's already clear that's top five. Okay. No, more or less. You can fall. I, would, I wouldn't take him. I would go for, uh, for forward. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, thank you, Thomas. It's it's always fantastic to have you on. You you're a wealth of knowledge, uh, and we really really appreciate it. You can find Thomas as well on uh, Twitter at Thomas Rost with a th and a double o. That's so, true. Yes. So you, I'll be sure to link it in the profile as well. Uh, we're super happy to to be on with the podcast again after a little bit of a hiatus when we moved to a new site. Uh, Thomas, you're also commentating uh, NHL hockey for uh, the Swiss broadcast, right? Uh, yes, there are some NHL games on yeah. pay TV, on Swiss pay TV, yeah. and there I am the color commentator, I yeah. think, uh, in North Americans Hotel, or co-commentator, yeah. yes. Um, so uh, if you manage to get some uh, Swiss TV on your IPTV or whatever broadcasting service you're using, you might hear Thomas there as well. Thank you, Thomas. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. For, it was a pleasure for me. Thank you very much.